Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. everybody and welcome to another episode of rain delay theater the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games i'm jeremy dionisio and i'm jack swakowski this is episode number 151 um and we are going to be talking about the strike today uh the strike unfortunately is still going on so we figured um now is uh as good a time as any for uh rain delay theater to kind of dig in a little deeper and and, and look at like some of the issues that are going on and kind of just kind of maybe even put it into layman's terms a little bit, try to explain some of the finer points of it because it, it is a bit muddled. Um, so we're going to do that. But before we do that, uh, we have our number 151 guys. Jack, who's your 151 guy? Yeah, I, I got a good one today, Jeremy. Um, uh, it's Irvin Santana. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, he has won 151 games. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy, uh did he pitch in 2021? Yes or no? Tell me. I mean, I'd have to I'd have to say no. He did. He pitched 65 innings for the Royals in 2021. The Royals? Like what the yeah. hell? Jesus. He was on the, he was on the Royals. Uh we saw him. The reason I picked him, we saw he made 3 starts in the 2019 season uh to a 9.45 ERA. Uh and we saw one of those starts at US Cellular Field. Um, or whenever it was at, at the time, um, yeah. that was the uh, that was the infamous fuck KC game. Yeah, uh, right. When uh, when a uh, a fan in like the top of the third inning stood up and just started screaming fuck KC at the top of his lungs, yep. and then was thrown out. Uh, <laughs> Surprisingly, that, <laughs> thrown out. <laughs> yeah, that was our yeah that was our first game of uh, first White Sox game of 2019, and yeah. uh, you know it, it only took three innings for something to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amazing though. Amazing that he pitched in 2021 because that was one of those games where you were seeing a guy who was totally washed up, and you're like, this guy shouldn't even be in the majors anymore. Um, I mean, we said it going into the stadium. We said it on the podcast. We said it in <laughs> while we were at the game. Like, why is this guy still pitching? Um, yeah. And I'm surprised and he, he started one game for the Sox that year after that, too. I had to look to see which one of those three we saw. But, oh, uh, God. Yeah. So he only – not only, you know, yeah, not only is, was he washed up and, like, obviously he didn't pitch in 2020, which isn't terribly surprising, I suppose. But he only pitched three games in 2019, too. So it's like, what – yeah, what – I don't. What is up with this guy? Maybe like, do they think that they're getting like a like an assistant pitching coach and player like in one or something? <laughs> yeah, I mean he's been in the majors since two thousand five. He's been playing professional baseball since two thousand one. So yeah. the du- the dude has been around forever. Yeah. Um, and of course, when you click on the because you know you wonder what is Irvin Santana doing pitching for the Royals in twenty twenty one? Who else was on that pitching staff? And of course, I did know this, but Wade Davis was also on that staff. Mm-hmm. This blew my mind. Wade Davis is only 35. I would have said he was like 38 or 39. Um yeah. I didn't know he was I didn't know he was that young. He pitches like he's 10 years older than he is now. He sucks. His ERA, Wade Davis's ERA was 675 
this season. Yeah, um, I think Wade Davis retired too officially. Did he? Yeah. Okay, that's that's a, that's a mercy on his part. Irvin Santana, I don't know if he's retired. He's 38 now, and in those 65 and a third innings, he pitched to a 4.68 ERA, which isn't disastrous. Um, that's like maybe not even worst of fame worthy uh, yeah. if we're talking about it. So he might, you know, if there's a 2022 season. He might uh, he might pitch in twenty twenty two. Yeah, interest. This is interesting. Well, I I guess it's good. I mean, not that we even really did. I was gonna say it's kind of nice to do Irvin Irvin Santana for this because maybe we could look back on some of the 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 better moments of Irvin Santana's career. But we we didn't really do that. We we spent more time harping on that ill fated twenty nineteen stint. I guess. So. Yeah, you know. Sure. Well, you know, he he did, he has had a, a somewhat solid career overall. He's had kind of a strange career. He's always been a guy who's uh, kind of flown under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, he's made two All Star teams. He uh, he's pitched over two hundred innings a, a bunch of times. Um, he was a member of the LA Angels staff, a regular rotation member for them for uh, like eight years. So mm-hmm. he's you know he was a guy for them. Uh, he is. I, I hate to focus on the bad stuff. He is the active career leader in home runs allowed, which is also kind of interesting. So Very nice. nobody who's nobody who's currently pitching in MLB has allowed more home runs than Irvin Santana. Um, he never seemed like a guy who particularly gave up a lot of home runs. He's just been around for a really long time. He did give up 39 in 2012, which led the majors. But uh, yeah, he is the current active leader in home runs allowed and wild pitches. Um, and you know, I think both of those are just due to longevity. He's uh he's got a 4.11 career ERA, which is you know that's pretty mediocre, but it's it's good enough to keep you around. Um, yeah, Irvin Santana. He was uh, he was also on the Royals in 2013. Right. So that that st- that stint this year was his second. It's it's always kind of interesting when teams will kick the tires on guys who had previously been good for them. Yeah. Um, the White Sox do it plenty. They do it plenty. Um, the Royals also did it with Wade Davis this season. Um. Yeah, so that's always kind of an interesting phenomenon. The Brewers did it with Lyle Overbay, who is also a 151 guy. He hit um, 151 homers in his career. But, yeah, you, you see it often. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, speaking of the White Sox, um, they that was, I think, one of the news items I wanted to talk about is Nicky Delmonico was hired by as a minor league hitting coach by the White Sox uh, just wow. yesterday, I think. Um, so. Uh, it's one of those weird things, and like yeah, Danny Farquhar, the guy who like had like that aneurysm, like on sure. the, on the, I think he had it in the middle of a, no, he had it like in the dugout, right or something. He did, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like he's also was hired as um, class A, uh, high A uh, pitching coach. So it's like more of this White Sox stuff of like, it's like just because I mean, listen, I'm glad Danny Farquhar is okay, but it's like the guy had an aneurysm in your dugout, and it's like okay, well he's now a coach. He's a White Sox coach for life. Uh, it's, like, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe this. Like, we have to hire him as a coach now, like, because this happened on our watch. And I don't know why they owed Nicky Delmonico a, a, a like a hitting coach job, um, especially for a guy who wasn't successful in the major leagues. Anyway, I digress. It's more White Sox stuff. It is what it is. Uh, Jack, real quick, well, to 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 finish on Irvin Santana, I never noticed this before, but. Um, is okay so they have like the italicized numbers on baseball reference to indicate that they're a league leader when it's under the career there like and it's italicized does that indicate that they're the active 
career leader? Yes, yes, sir. Ah, okay. I did. I don't think I ever knew that, but yeah, I see that now. Wild pitches and home runs for Irvin Santana. So, oh yikes. yeah, yeah, F- uh, fascinating and uh, just a, a very, uh, very thorough site baseball yeah. reference. Sure, it never fails uh, to to please. Um, one 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 comment one comment on Nicky Delmonico okay, before okay. we before we go along. First of all, I have the Nicky Delmonico jersey. So if we That's ever right. go to a game, if we ever go to a game where Nicky Delmonico is uh, coaching, I have to wear that. Absolutely, have to wear it. Yeah, I, it would almost be it would almost be worth it to go to a wherever the fuck he's coaching just to wear that shirt. I, I know. Um, where's it's not Birmingham. Where's their high A? I, I I'm not, I'll have to look that up. It's maybe Winston Salem or something. Yeah. Oh man, is yeah. I know. I know. Double A might be Winston Salem. Um, okay. Maybe it's Birmingham. I, okay. Okay. Well. Uh, also, though, he's he's got to be like twenty eight. He's yeah. not, he's not he's not old enough to give up on baseball he's, and start a coaching career. He's twenty nine. Yeah. I mean, he must have just figured like, fuck it. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna be a, a major league player, so I'll just get into coaching. Yeah, I and mean, it's like the White Sox are like, listen. We'll give you a job, please. Just like stay with the organization. Let us make make this right. Like they're the only ones who owe the player something when the player when they invest in the player and the player doesn't pay off. The white the White Sox are the the only ones who like have to make good on it um, somehow. But oh, also Gordon Beckham retired to uh, a couple like that was announced like a earlier like last week maybe or something so a lot of white Gordon Sox Beckham there. retired yeah yeah Gordon Beckham has been broadcasting for like two years I know I know, I know. yeah he officially announced his retirement or something so, wow yeah okay. I don't know what's up with that but um yeah it's like it, I there I wonder <laughs> I wonder if there has to be some sort of like um you know like somewhat of an announcement to in order to like activate like your pension or something like, sure. I have no idea, but like, it's yeah. I think we made the joke about it with some other player recently, but it's like, you know, the league told told you that you were retired years ago, Gordon Beckham. Like, you don't have to make a press, you don't have to do a press <laughs> release about it. Um, but again, I digress. Um, Winston Salem Jack is uh, the high A for the White Sox. So that's that's in North Carolina, right? It is. Yeah, I don't really have too many other reasons to go out to North Carolina, Jack, but, uh, no, you know, it's, it's too bad. There's just, there's really not like a, a destination city there, you yeah. know, that we could like go to and see a professional, like a major league baseball game and then go there. It's kind of, it's kind of nothing. Myrtle Beach is in South Carolina that the, the right. Cubs, uh, low a affiliate is there. I wonder how far, how much of a drive it is between those two. Maybe that's Myrtle something. beach. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They, they used to have spring break in Myrtle beach, right? Yeah, and uh, I think what se- was it season three of Eastbound and Down? Isn't that where uh, Danny McBride or where uh, what's his name? What's his character's name? Sh- sure, uh, Kenny, Powers Kenny Powers goes. Yeah. yeah, I think he goes there. It's it. They don't paint it in a uh, flattering light, um, Myrtle <laughs> Beach, but um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe there's something there, but even still, we'd have to fly out there, and it's, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's the move. But no, um, no. Well, hey, Jeremy, just to think about it. A couple years down the road, Nicky Delmonico will be the major league hitting coach for the Sox, so we can we can sure. see him then. Right. I, you know, as we as we get older and and you know players that we follow like you know succeed, retire, go to the Hall of Fame, whatever, we can follow Nicky Delmonico's career now as a coach. Um, you know, he'll, he'll be managing the big league team at some point, I'm sure in our lifetime. So <laughs> looking forward to that. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of um, one uh, f- potential future White Sox manager, I want to talk about a past White Sox manager who is also a player uh, for my 151 guy, um, and that is uh, Jim Fergosi. Yeah, okay. He, he caught my eye, and I remember him as a manager. So yeah. but tell, tell, us, tell us more about him. Yeah, I, it's one of those guys. I, Jim Fergosi is one of those guys that I remember as a kid, as a manager of the White Sox. Um, he managed the, them from 86 to 88. So that's like very early memories of baseball for me. Um, but definitely one of those guys that I was like, when I found out that he was a player, I was like, oh, what? You mean like players become managers and managers are former players? Like, mm-hmm. and like this guy had a life before he was the White Sox manager. So um, that's like, yeah, just like an early memory. Um, I mean, he hit 151 career homers. So uh, ain't too shabby. He also played, he did play 18 years. Um, mm-hmm. Which is comes out to an average of thirteen homers per 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 season, but he played mostly in the sixties and seventies. So I don't know. I guess that's you know somewhat uh, respectable. He was a six time All Star, um, and his numbers like when, so once you start saying that, his numbers don't look that great. Like he had a good run there in like the late sixties, I'd say. Um, he made the All Star team from sixty six to seventy, and then also in nineteen sixty four. Um, like 64, he had a good year, 18 homers, 277 batting average, um, 66, uh, so 66, he hit 13 homers and hit 252. That's maybe not so hot for a all-star, especially back in those days, but maybe he had a good first, uh, first half, uh, and then hit no home runs the second half. I don't know. (laughs) But I mean like nine homers the year after that, nine homers the year after that, uh, average was kind of okay. Well, it was kind of it was kind of hit or miss, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe maybe he was. Um, looks like he won the Gold Glove one of those years. So maybe he was like a good defensive guy. Yeah, um, well, I'm you know I, I looked at what his primary positions were for all those years. He made the All Star team, and it seems like it was shortstop. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. That makes so sense. It, it may be like, you know, what this guy's numbers uh, for a sh- shortstop in the American League at that time. Yeah, where like maybe it was just there was just a. Uh, a lack of, of good shortstops in the American league. And, you know, he was just the the best or the second best. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. A, a shortstop in the sixties. I think those are pretty good numbers. Um, as far as that but, goes, yeah. you know, now, now you know what they mean. Cause now, you know, it's almost like you expect a shortstop, like the best shortstops to hit 30 home runs in a year. So mm-hmm. I, I guess, I guess you understand why like Cal Ripken and later maybe a rod and Derek Jeter, like, who never hit for a lot of power, but they, they rep like revolutionized the shortstop position and made it more of an offensive position. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and now every player drafted out of the Dominican is a shortstop. So, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so he played on a lot of teams. Um, the angels, the, uh, Texas Rangers, the Mets, the pirates. Um, and then, as a manager so he let's see he retired in 19 so this is interesting he he retired in 1978 and then he like managed in 1978 also that's yeah cuz i'm looking at his managerial record here uh yeah. yeah i wonder if i wonder if he was like a player coach for 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 part of it but it's weird though cuz he played on the pirates and he managed the angels so oh maybe i should well, yeah that is weird yeah maybe i should have did a little more research into this cuz that's got to be something that sounds pretty weird. Um, but yeah, he managed the Angels, then the White Sox, um, then the Phillies uh, in the 90s. I think he 
Yeah, he made it to the World Series there with the. So he was the manager of the the World Series uh, Phillies team uh, in '93, uh, and then a couple years in with the Blue Jays in 2000. Um, sadly, he passed away in 2014 at age 71. Um, and I remember when that happened too. I was I was bummed just because I, I knew him as a White Sox manager. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I wanted to pick him just to do a little deeper dive into who Jim Fergosi was as a as a guy. Um, I'll, if I get a down moment during the podcast, I'm going to try to research that uh, that player to manager shift for for Gosey because that sounds interesting. Yeah, and uh, here here's a little fun one, Jeremy. Also, uh, so he met he took looks like he didn't quite manage 162 games in 1986. So he must have been the uh, the guy who took over for Tony Larusa when Tony Larusa was fired mm-hmm. in '86. Yeah, uh, and hey, funnily enough, now Tony Larusa is managing them again. <laughs> So, I, yeah, I mean, you got to, you know, if, if Jim Fergosi was still alive and kicking, he, he could be like the bench coach or something. <laughs> it probably would be, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very interesting. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, I'll look more into that. But uh, but yeah, so there you go. Jim Fergosi. OK, that's a that's a good one. Um, yeah, we might as well say something, too, about the uh, the Hall of Fame uh, election. Yeah. So David Ortiz was the only player uh, elected by the BBWAA uh, Sands, the, uh, uh, the the other players who were elected by the Veterans Committee. David Ortiz was the uh, only you know guy who was actually on the real ballot um, who was elected. So that, I, that was kind of no surprise. Yeah. Um, I think maybe some people were surprised that Bonds Clemens and Schilling didn't get in. A lot of people were saying that Schilling would have gotten in this year if he hadn't said that he didn't want people to vote for him. He had like 71% of the vote or something yeah. last year. He's, he almost made it. So, uh, But, yeah, he's off the ballot. Bonds is off the ballot. Clemens is. Um, uh, yeah, so, so it was just Ortiz. Yeah. Um, yeah, I you know, and like uh, I, I, I get, we don't really need to relitigate all the Bonds and, and Clemens stuff, but – I just couldn't help like, but like, like just see all of this like backlash about like bonds. Like, I mean, people are saying like, and other sports writers saying that like the hall of fame is a sham for not voting them in. And like, uh, you know, we, we've regressed. There's player like, uh, Marcus Stroman, new, new cub, uh, like tweeted out something. I think he called the writers like old ass, the old ass writers or something. <laughs> um, it's like there was this major backlash about the whole bonds thing. Like tons of players were, were speaking out, um, speaking about like how they should be in the hall of fame. I, someone else, uh, I can't remember who it was. I mean, it might've been Rizzo is someone else like spoke out about it too. Um, but like, I, you know, I don't, I'm, I mean like what, what, I, I'm not sure what the, what all the point was. It's like, number one, it, it's like, I feel like we've had this argument a million times. I guess like it came up again because now they're officially off the ballot, but like, it's like, I don't think there were any surprises. Like we've known now for a long time that they weren't going to get in. Um, and maybe, I guess maybe some people thought like on the last ballot, they would finally let like everyone would like vote them in, but like you can't be terribly surprised. And, um, you know, I, we don't, again, we don't need to relitigate all of it, but you know, I, I, I will say I read, because I, th- I think Barry Bond should be in the Hall of Fame, and, and Clemens too, um, and even Schilling. But because uh, I think the Hall of Fame should mainly just be about baseball. But I, I did read a good quote from Frank Thomas, and this is not a new quote, 
Um, it was just something I read recently. Uh, Frank Thomas said, he said, I, I have no problem with those guys taking, uh, taking drugs to, uh, you know, steroids to, uh, you know, help their families, like get paid, help mm -hmm. their families, whatever. I have no problem with that. But like they shouldn't be whining when the Hall of Fame doesn't want to let them in because they did cheat. You know, sure. so he's like, I got no I got no problem with the fact that they wanted to put up these numbers to try to make money for their families. Yeah. But like, you know, don't don't whine that you didn't get in the Hall of Fame because you did cheat. Yeah. I mean, like Harold Reynolds said, like something like, you know, um, I mean, this is kind of an, a different tip. But like, you know, he was like, you know, the guys who took the steroids, like, you know, it's not so much about like the power that they exhibited or whatever, but it's like. It's like the dog days of summer, like in August, you know, when your body's breaking down and you're struggling to get through. Like those guys were on something to help them, you know, not have to contend with that sort of stuff and like able to push them through. So that's where like the the unfair advantage comes into play. It's not that Barry Bonds could hit the ball harder or farther, but his his body was able to like recover quicker because of all that stuff. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, like, did you did you hear Clemens's comment? Uh, like he no, released a statement. His, his statement was actually like fairly like even keel. Like it was like kind of gracious. Like he was like, you know what? First of all, he said like I gave up on the Hall of Fame like ten years ago or whatever. Um, but like he's like I got into the game to make like money for my family basically, uh, and like I did that, and you know I I'm happy with what I've done or something like that. And it's like sure, it was actually like kind of like even. It certainly was no Kurt Schilling, um, right? Like response. Um, but, uh, Clemens said his piece and it was like kind of fine, but it was, at the same time, it's not like he kind of basically said like, I'm okay not getting in the hall of fame. And so it's like, if I was a hall of fame writer, I'd be like, okay, good. Well then we're good here. I, I didn't vote you <laughs> in. You didn't get in. You're not upset. I'm not upset. We're, we're, we're cool. Um, the whole funny postscript to all of this is that they're going to be on some ballot in December again. Uh, okay. Bond is it, is it a December already that they're going to be on? Yes. Well, it, they, they can pick like 10 guys to be on the ballot. And so it's not guaranteed that they're on it, but like, it seems to me it's, it sounded like they would be on it um, because mm -hmm. they're taking like 10 of the best guys who aren't in the hall of fame or something. Sure. Yeah. So they're, yeah. they are eligible as soon as this December, I think once this December ends, it might be another like three years or something, but mm -hmm. like, Yes, there's something like where they they can be on another ballot again, like in December. So who who the hell knows? They they might get in, you know, in on this ballot. So I don't fucking know. Yeah, sure. Well, hey, you know what? Uh, that that'll mean a lot more to Kurt Schilling right, than right. getting than getting elected by the writers. Um, uh, I guess before we get to David Ortiz, uh, I think that the most interesting one um, from all of this is uh, Todd Helton. Todd Helton currently has 52 percent of yeah. the vote. Um, he's going to be on the ballot for a while now, uh, but he has 52 percent of the vote over half. It's going to be one of those things. It's going to take him a little while to get in, but it will be interesting to see uh, to see if he makes it. He is one of I think he's the only player because Larry Walker is is in the uh, Hall of Fame and mm -hmm. he went in as a Rocky. Uh, but uh, Todd Helton is the only one who's played his whole career there. Uh, Larry Walker obviously had a few other stops. Um, yeah, so that, that'll be an interesting one. I saw him in his first ever minor league game, so uh, uh, I'm, I'm rooting for him to get in, but I think it's going to be a while. Yeah, yeah, I think his trajectory is, is pointing uh, in the right direction. Um, yeah, I know. Roland and Helton, 
seem like they they might be on track to get in. And uh, mm-hmm. I know Jack and uh, we we had discussed this privately, like after the vote, and it's like it's kind of a slippery slope to let these guys in because, like, I feel like you know, I think like again, there's a lot of things like I think we've talked about like. I feel I still kind of feel like Andre Dawson was kind of like this like swing vote like that that mm-hmm. that like him getting in allowed a lot of other people to get in like Jim Rice sure. came in after him and it's like well if this guy's in then this guy should be in and it's like I personally don't know if I I, I personally like uh, admit that there may be some like familiarity bias with like a guy like Scott Rowland um, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer but like. And I also feel like if you let Scott Rowland in, then like who else do you have to let in after that? Like Greg Nettles, <laughs> I, yeah, maybe, yeah, sure. Uh, Steve Garvey, I don't know, like right, you know. So like, it's it's kind of it's kind of tricky. I mean, it is, uh, it, it is. I, I have no problem with David Ortiz making the Hall of Fame, yeah, um, because he, I mean, he's won. Okay, he's a steroid guy, probably, right. but he he won multiple uh, World Series three. To be exact, uh, you know, he was one of the most feared hitters uh, for over a decade. Um, You know, obviously he's got the counting numbers. uh, And he's responsible for some really great moments in baseball history uh, of the 21st century. So I think think all of that adds up to uh, a Hall of Fame career. Scott Rowland and Todd Helton, they've got like none of that going for him. No, I mean, did Rowland get a ring with the Cardinals? Like, Mm, I think he may have. Maybe in two thousand six. No, I guess not. No, the, no, he doesn't have a ring. Or no, okay. wait, two thousand. Well, yeah, no, two thousand six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, he did. Um, so, so yeah, you know, Helton definitely didn't. So, like, I don't know. I mean, those things matter a little bit, but like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he, okay, so I'll, I'll say this. Um, so you got Scott Scott Rowland and Todd Helton are the two. If you take away. Uh, Bonds, Clemens, and Schilling, those are the top two guys, percentage-wise, who are um, tracking for the Hall of Fame. Roland, this year, was 63.2% of the vote. Todd Helton was 52% of the vote. So, assuming neither of those guys make it in next year, um, or ever, uh, it, there may, there, it may be a couple years before anybody... Um, before anybody gets elected, I mean, if you look at right. if you look at next next year's ballot, I don't think anybody's going to get in. Carlos Beltran is like the best candidate for that one, and he might never get in yeah. because of all, all because first of all because he's one of those guys who he was he was a really really good player, but he hung around for a while and just his counting numbers um, got higher and higher. But mm-hmm. also like because of the cheating scandal. Yeah, I you know, and looking more at that, I I don't think Beltran gets it. I think they keep him no. out because of all yep. that. Yep. Yep. One hundred percent. I'm also looking. Andrew Jones is at forty-one point one percent. Whatever his Hall of Fame case is, you know, I don't want to talk about it now. But did you know that his son is the number one prospect in baseball? Yep. Yeah, I do. That's fucking um, crazy, man. Drew Jones. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. There's a couple guys that are up there. Um, all kind of intriguing guys. Um. But yeah, so it, it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens there, because um, he, he's he's a prep still, right? I think he's like he is, I and mean, he's only like eight, you know, seventeen, eighteen years old. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, yeah, they they like visited Vanderbilt this week or something, as if like it's like hmm, okay, <laughs> Vanderbilt. Yeah, I'll I'll think about it. It's like yeah, dude, you're going to Vanderbilt if you don't go to, to the pros, but you're also probably going to the pros because you're going to get drafted, you know, second or third or or even first. So, um, 
so yeah, so that's an interesting one. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen any video of him, but uh, I have to assume that he's probably pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, but, uh, yeah, David Ortiz only made it in with 77.9% of the vote. So uh, I think he needs 75%. Uh, so not, not a resounding yes for him, but, uh, you know, he still made it. So good for, good for him, I guess. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's one of those things. Like, I normally would be completely happy for him, but, you know, he's got the, the mark on him. But, um, yeah, he's been in, like, some big moments in, in baseball. Um even the fucking, I mean, this is not, you don't, you should not get in the hall of fame for this, but even that speech he gave after the friggin' the, the bombing at the race at the Boston yeah, Marathon. That, that, uh, but that plays into it, right? Like, you know, that, that's not, uh, that's not Lou Gehrig. No, it is. It's all, it's almost like this generation's version of the Lou Gehrig luckiest man speech. Yeah. If, if um, Lou Gehrig said like, I'm the fucking luckiest man on the earth, <laughs> if he swore, if he dropped an F bomb in it, then yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I, I guess that that says a lot about our generation, or just our, you know, where our society is at. That that would be, uh, that that would be something acceptable to say in front of forty thousand people. But I, um, I think it even got on TV without being censored. Like when when that yeah. happened. Yeah. Did you did you ever see the Mark Wahlberg movie that's like about the oh. the Boston bombing? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Well, I forgot what it's called, but uh, oh, you saw it though. I did. Yeah. 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 That's uh, okay. That. I was I was actually very entertained by it to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, right. Okay, yeah, right. So like, because the whole thing about it is that Mark Wahlberg's character doesn't actually. It's not a real person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think Bostonians were were pretty mad about that. Um, yeah. He's just like uh, yeah, at, th- he's just like like at every event that happened, even though that was like a whole like statewide manhunt. Like he's just yeah. at every single location when it happens. Yeah. 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 He's like the Forrest Gump of the Boston Police Department. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think but I think they show the Ortiz clip at the end of that that movie. Oh, yeah. Like the actual clip. Yeah. 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 I, I believe they do. Um, so uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, but other than that. uh you know, Jimmy Rollins actually got nine point four percent of the vote. Does that mean he stays on? Um, yeah, right. You need five percent. You just need five percent. All right. So we saw Jimmy Rollins in his last game. Yeah. So maybe we can campaign for him, man. Be <laughs> co- be co- be cool to say you saw a Hall of Famer in his his last game. Not exactly like Ted. Again, I, you know, uh, I'm make, I'm talking about like real old school stuff here, but that's not exactly like seeing Ted Williams. Uh, you know hit a home run in his last game. Who was it that wrote a, the famous writer that wrote a short story about that? I don't know. Anyway, uh, no one's, no one's going to write a short story about Jimmy Rollins getting thrown out at the plate by Bryce Harper and then getting cut the day after. So (laughs) I was going to say, like, would, would we tell our grandkids about that? Like I saw Jimmy (laughs) Rollins, last major league game. It's like, all right, grandpa, like let me play this video game on my, you know, my goggles, my special video (laughs) goggles. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, that's, that, that would be a funny one. He's got a long way to go, but, uh, yeah, he does. He does. Certainly. Um, all right. Well, let's, um, uh, yeah, right. We're ready to get into our main topic here. We we are, we are, we are, uh, the the lockout. John Updike wrote, uh, wrote the story Mm -hmm. about his, his, uh, home run in his last uh, game. Anyway. All right. Uh, I I remembered it. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into it, Jeremy. Um, so I I think this would have been a good episode to do like a drunk history about (laughs) like just some drunk guy trying to explain, uh, all of the, uh, you know, the differences between, uh, what the union wants and what the uh, 
uh, what the what the owners want. Yeah. So it's uh, there's a lot there's a lot lot going on. Well, actually, they, so there are about four or five core issues. It seems. Yeah, yeah, and I think we're kind of like going off of um, uh, an article from the uh, the Athletic uh, from a couple of days ago with um, the uh, uh, the shamed sports writer Ken Rosenthal. <laughs> at, at least shamed shamed by Rob Manfred. Yeah, exactly. Not exalted by the rest of uh, his colleagues, but. Um, yeah, so I guess the only th- the main two people who don't like Ken Rosenthal are, um, well, I w- maybe three if you throw in Carlos Correa. <laughs> but okay, so yeah, it's like Carlos Correa. Who else? Oh, Rob Manfred and I was going to say just by default, Kurt Schilling. I don't know if Kurt Schilling's ever sure. said anything about Ken Rosenthal specifically, but I think just guilty by association. But well, and- I was actually also going to say Trevor Trevor Bauer does not like Ken Rosenthal oh, that's either. True. Yeah, uh, on Trevor Bauer's uh, uh, vlog. Uh, he had like a little little pre-taped clip he would play before every episode, and he would say, the, uh, this, the season of this vlog is dedicated to uh, gossip blogger Ken Rosenthal. Oh, so, yeah, there you go. Yep, definitely attack the people who report the facts. Um, that's, <laughs> that's the way to go. Um, I would actually say that Ken Rosenthal versus Trevor Bauer might be a, a more of an even, evenly matched uh, contest. Um, but I, I know that Trevor pulls out the dirty... Uh, all, you know, he, he pulls out all the dirty uh, stops uh, in, in his uh, combat. So, um, anyway, we're, we're really off the reservation here. But anyway, let's let's talk about the uh, the strike. So, yeah, I mean, like, there are like I here's the thing. Like, I don't know, Jack. Like, I, I've kind of like tried. It's like you knew that this was coming for years. We knew that this like the CBA was the collective bargaining gar, collective bargaining agreement was ending, and it was gonna be bad. And, um, there probably was going to be a lockout. Um, and so it happened and like, I kind of feel like, you know, you hear little things here and there about like what, what people want, like what each side wants. Um, but I kind of was like blissfully kind of like trying to not like not really doing like so any proactive research just because, you know, so much of it pops up anyway. So it's, it was good to kind of like dig into like some of these, these topics and everything. And so like, I think we can kind of just run through them one by one. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's just, you know, like, I think there's a lot of things to be considered here. Like the whole, like, um, 2020 season with no fans in attendance and everything. Um, owners definitely were crying poor about that. Um, even though like the statistics show that they're still like, you know, making gains in revenue. So it's kind of like one of those things that they they reference but then if you look at the numbers it doesn't really support their argument so that's a whole thing but um yeah i guess we could just go one by one here so the first topic really i guess the uh is like the um a salary increase like a minimum salary increase is what the what the union wants yeah so um right now i believe the minimum salary and correct me if i'm wrong i think it's five hundred and seventy thousand five hundred dollars Yes. Um, I believe that is the minimum salary. Uh, the players want that to be increased to seven hundred seventy-five thousand. Um, the union wants six hundred fifteen thousand in the players' first year, and then it would go up a little bit after that. I think the second year would be like six hundred fifty thousand. The third year would be a little bit more than that. Um, it, it's kind of crazy to me uh, that a guy like, let's say, Cody Bellinger in his yeah. rookie season could hit 300 with 50 home runs uh, and make $570,000 uh, 
well, uh, a guy who's been in the league for, you know, 10 years is making, you know, $15 million, even though he's just a bum. Um, yeah. And also in Cody Bellinger's second year, coming off of that 40 home run season, he's still only going to make like $500,000. You're kind of getting job there. I mean, $775,000 ain't great in the in the uh, in the realm of professional sports, but it's 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 better than 500,000. I mean, Chris Bryant, look at Chris Bryant. First of all, the Cubs fucked with his um, service time. But he comes up, he wins Rookie of the Year in his first year. In the second year, year he wins MVP and a World Series championship for a team that mm-hmm. hadn't won in 108 years. Mm-hmm. So, like, and he was getting, you know, whatever, like, six figures, like, um, those those first two years. I think that well, they... He, yeah, I'm, I'm just, let's look up the uh, uh, Spotrack uh, 2016 Cubs, Jeremy. Um, yeah, sure. Which I've, I've, got, I've got right here. Um, so it looks like if I can get this pop-up to take, uh, go, um, <laughs> I know oh, at some crap. point they, they gave him like, I think they, he got some kind of like, did they like give, I, and he, he got something like above like what his like, you know, uh, rookie contract allotted. Like, I don't know if he got a bonus or something, but like there was something or maybe they bought out. I don't think they bought out in yeah. these years, but. Well, it, it says here, Jeremy, uh, best I can tell, it says Chris Bryant made $652,000 during his MVP season. 2016, right? Yeah, it look, looks like it. So that that's uh, that's crazy to me. Um, so I, I, I'm on the side of the players' union on this one. Um, I do think that the minimum salary should be a little higher. I, I, think, I think during the Blackhawks episode, I was saying I was kind of amazed by how little hockey players made. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of them, the highest paid guys are only making like 10 million a year. Um, you know, baseball players, like the, the biggest guys make pretty staggering salaries. Those, those are the ones you hear about. Um, but those, those, those guys who are in their first couple of years, they really hardly make anything. And, and especially in the last 10 or 15 years, you, you've got like a lot of young players who are doing really good and who are the best players on their teams it just seems it just seems kind of shitty to me that they're that they're only making five hundred thousand a year. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. It's it, it. I mean, it's it gets a little slippery when you try to like delineate stuff. And I think maybe the next category like kind of might shed some light on this too. But like, maybe we can roll into that into the next category here like, yeah. as we talk about this. But like um, the next the next kind of like issue that they're talking about is like um basically like the arbitration clock and like like bonuses for like high performing pre-arbitration players is that right jack is that essentially yeah what... that, that's right so i think that um you know they want a, a bonus pool for for players who, who do really well so uh you know a guy who wins a rookie of the year or who at least finishes top five would get a uh, bonus. So like Jonathan India, who we, who we ripped on quite a bit this year, <laughs> yeah, would would get a would get a bonus cuz he was the National League rookie of the year. Um yeah, yeah, congrats to us. We saw Jonathan India play two or three times and we couldn't even be bothered with it and the guy was the fucking rookie of the year. And, um and I should also yeah. say as a guy who collects baseball cards and prospects uh for for flipping and then I grow too attached to them and don't want to sell the cards. I had two Jonathan India cards and I sold both of them. So, (laughs) 
Yeah, you you were not high on Jonathan India, man. I mean, like you were like this guy was like you were like this guy was a top five pick, and he only had one he only had one good season in college. Um, actually, his numbers weren't that great either. They were they were pretty average. Um, I guess they were good for a rookie, but uh, I don't know. I'm still not sold. No, I don't. I think like he kind of was like a de, de facto like or default like rookie of the year. I, I wasn't super impressed, and I'm not super impressed going forward. I actually was higher on him before I actually saw him, and I'm like, this guy seems just kind of shrimpy. Like, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he has too much longevity. I'm glad he he had a decent year, but. I don't believe in him long term, but anyway, again, getting off the point here a little bit, but sure, but yeah, like so. This is an interesting one because I guess it essentially reward. It's like a performance based reward, mm-hmm. um, like with bonuses, of course. Like so, I think that one of the, like the longest standing like uh, arguments in baseball has basically been like paying guys for their past performance as opposed to their future performance. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, one of the things that they're talking about, um, I think with this, with these two, like, kind of uh, issues, is how baseball is becoming, like, a younger sport. Like, you know, I think, like, I don't know, I feel like it, this happened about maybe, like, four or five years ago where, like, guys who were, like, veteran guys who were, like, still, quote like, thought of as serviceable were not getting contracts and they would go like the mm-hmm. whole spring without getting signed maybe they would sign like into spring training or maybe into the season um where whereas like you have like the a lot of these like rookies who are like coming up quicker i think in recent years um like kind of zooming through the minors a little quicker and like you're kind of like your team drafts a guy and you kind of expect him to be up there like within it like like by the next year or something sometimes um so i think like it it, it it makes sense to so basically okay so so that happens right so like these these older guys who command higher salaries are not getting signed whereas they're leaning on these younger guys who are under rookie contracts to come in and start performing sooner that means that the owners are paying less money but getting bigger like uh results from their players so mm-hmm. it seems uh logical that play that the players union should get that the players who are coming up early doing well should be getting some sort of compensation for that some bonuses or whatever yeah so i think that's kind of like where it where it's at i mean you know guys like i always think of chris carter like for this whole situation when he led the league in homers and couldn't get signed the next year but like sure those guys it's not really helping those guys out at all but um no it's it's basically trying to to catch the owners from like skirting by on the cheap with these like young players um and making them have to actually like re- compensate them for their good play yeah um i think uh i think that both sides were willing to kind of deal on this one but the uh the pool the <laughs> available the available money pool was the 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 players suggested a 105 million dollar pool for mm-hmm. like these these young guys and the owners came back with ten million dollars. Yeah, which seems which seems pretty laughable. 
Um, it almost that's almost like an insult. It's one of those yeah. things where it's like we asked for one hundred and five and they come back with ten. There, there was a news like uh, report like yesterday. I think that the players' union was willing to go down to a hundred. <laughs> so now they're only ninety million apart as opposed to ninety five million apart. But, <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you think about guys like Corbin Burns. Um, I mean, Corbin Burns might have been pre-arb this year and he won the Cy Young. Yeah. Um, he might even be pre-arb next year because I think he was like a year two plus guy. So I, I don't even know if he's arb eligible next year but they were saying that like with this bonus pool you know he might have made a little over two million but uh i mean you know there, there's got to be a lot of other guys who overachieved a little bit as as uh pre-arb players who you know who also did well like you're you're, you're asking to split a pie of 10 million dollars with like a guy who won a cy young but other guys too that uh, 10 million doesn't seem like enough to me right yeah yeah exactly i mean and it, it's like yeah, either do it or don't do it. Or either, yeah, you're either for it or you're not. And, like, by doing that, it's like, yeah, I mean, uh, it seems to me like owners could probably, like, like whatever Corbin Burns would have made in a $10 million bonus pool, like, the owner of the <laughs> the the Brewers probably could have paid him a little more out of pocket or something. Like, yeah, hey. right, right. Or just maybe not, like, sung the national anthem on opening day or something. I don't know how that would involve. <laughs> um right. Let, let's let's just go back before we move on to the next one. Let's just go back to Chris Carter. How yeah, much sure. does that suck if you're Chris Carter and you lead you lead I think the major leagues in home runs, mm-hmm. if not or at least your own league, and like no one will sign you, yeah. and then like the the Yankees like pick you up off the scrap heap, and then you have to shave your beard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It like, sucks, man. Yeah, it's like that's this is your uh, your bonus for for leading the league is now you you're like. <laughs> human like you're now like essentially in like a baseball army where you know <laughs> your your personal grooming is being policed for no reason whatsoever um other than tradition um so yeah that's yeah that's pretty that's pretty sad um yeah i know that's a that's a funny one uh to kind of go back to but yeah it, yeah yeah i'm i'm trying to look to see here is is chris carter still playing oh god there's no way he, he's not that old, though, either, you know? Like, maybe it's possible. He played in the minors in 2019. Really? Yeah. Or, well, when was no, it, he when played was in his Me- last time he played in the major leagues? He played in Mexico, I think, actually, in, in okay. 2019. Okay, okay. Um, the majors, he played in 2017, like, so that year. So, he, yeah, he came back that next year, and then that was it for the majors with the Yankees. When, when was he on the Brewers? Was that 2016? Yeah, 2016. 41 homers. Um, okay. You yeah. know what I don't get? Like, why, why did they... Because the, the Brewers must have signed Eric Thames in 2017. Like, why why didn't they just re-sign Chris Carter? Like, why, why did they have to sign Eric Thames? Yeah, I don't um, I don't know. That never really... That never made sense to me. What did... When when has Eric Thames played last? Did he play this year? He didn't play in was he on the na- Was he on the Nationals? Was he on the Nationals? May, at, some, at some point? Maybe after the Brewers, but I don't... He didn't play last year. He played in 2020. Um, okay. Did he go back? Oh wait, did he go? Oh wait, he might have went back to to Korea actually. That's aw- that's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of path- it's kind of pathetic, but um, that's a weird you know. one. <laughs> that's like, yeah, it's like that is, yeah. You know, like ha- having having big muscles was his thing. You know, like <laughs> yeah. If having and- really big muscles like he- actually. Here, yeah, people rag on these steroid guys. Like, if actually having really big muscles helped you be a, a good baseball player, every single guy would look like that. 
you know yeah it doesn't true. it doesn't matter um he did he went to japan actually so he went from okay major from mlb to korea to mlb to japan i don't know well, all right do, yeah. do you see his stats yeah not he only played in 10 games uh, oh really I, I wonder what the story is here because he played in 10 games. He hit four homers and he hit 458. But Oh, wow. Okay. I, maybe he killed somebody or something. I don't know. Maybe he like <laughs> hugged a, a small Japanese man to death or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of okay. detours on this one. But we, we digress. Yes. Okay. Um, the next one is the draft lottery. I think that one's kind of interesting, man. Um, you know, I, I do. Yeah. I do think that uh, tanking is a problem in baseball. Um, I, I think maybe a draft lottery could could solve that. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's kind of cut and dry. Like they talk about, um, like, you know, it's it would be the way that they talk about it. Like, I think it's kind of like similar to like the basketball lottery, where like you know, you have more, uh, picks, right. Mm-hmm. You have like more, what, I don't chances, I guess is the right terminology. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Based on sure. lower you, you finish, but like, yeah. And like, I think like certain teams are guaranteed at least a top three or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems, yeah, I mean, I guess so. I know that it sucks to not to be the worst team and then not get the first pick. Um, sure. I don't, you know, ask the Celtics about that. Um, right. There's a famous story. I don't think I've talked about it on this podcast. I can't remember now, but uh-huh. uh, this is like an unconfirmed. Uh, well, uh, you know, I, I'm again, I'm like, how much have I gotten into this stuff on the podcast? But at the place where I work, uh, the statistics uh, company, um, there was a famous story that I heard that I couldn't get anyone else to corroborate. And I don't remember who originally told me, but because there's a lot of these freak out stories at my office. Um, where a guy who's like, because everyone there is a fan of some some team, and at some point your team pisses you off and you punch the wall or you break something or whatever. Um, so there's stories of people like walking out on their shift because their team lost, <laughs> and it's like, hey, this is still uh-huh. a bu- this is still a place of business. You're supposed to be working till <laughs> till till five. And yeah, hey, hey, out. maybe maybe Devin Williams can get a job at Stats, man. Uh, uh, sorry, I don't I don't know if I should have dropped the name of that, <laughs> no, but. He'd fit right in. Uh, yeah, anyway, sure. go go ahead. Well, go ahead. there was one guy who we worked with um, who was a big uh, Celtics fan, and whatever year that was, where Greg Oden was like supposed supposed to be the first pick. Sure, um, Portland, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Celtics mm-hmm. had the worst record that year, okay. and you know, so everyone like all Celtics fans were like, "All right, Greg Oden, we're gonna get Greg Oden." And then like they do the lottery, and like they pull Celtics for like pick number two or pick three, and like. Apparently, this guy grabbed a chair and, like, threw it across the office. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, like, it's an office. It's, like, an office room. Like, it's, like, a this was, like, a big office space with, like, computers all around. And he takes a chair and just whips it, like, Bobby Knight style, across the room. And it's, like, you can't do that. This is an office. Like, I know we're all, like, sports fans and and half of you are jocks. But, like, it's still a place of business. Um and uh, we had, we were like, my department was reprimanded once because during like March Madness, like people who were visiting the office could hear people from our room, like swearing at, you know, their, their brackets being busted. So sure. it's a, it's, it's mayhem at this office. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that happened. And that's, I think about that every time I think about like a lottery. So yeah, you don't want to end up like that guy. 
No, that's goddamn funny, man. You know what's <laughs> funny about that draft? I, I I think it was maybe Kevin Durant was drafted number two in that draft, uh, okay. if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I hope it was, because that's funny. Because, yeah, number one was uh, uh, Greg Oden, who was picked by Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Greg Oden, during his career, just ended up getting, you know, he had fucking chronic knee issues. And yeah. he never did anything. He was just hurt his whole career, and now now he's not even playing anymore. No, um, he did see, send a nude bathroom selfie. I think bathroom mirror. Oh, selfie. oh he he did a very yes. famous nude bathroom selfie. Yes. Um, yeah, that put Grady Sizemore to shame. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It, it would make Grady Sizemore's last name seem uh, ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yes. But but, uh, but anyway. Um, uh, so yeah, Odin was picked by Portland, but I think in the Michael Jordan draft, I think Portland had the number one pick and they picked Sam Bowie instead of Michael Jordan. And then he was a bust. So your buddy who threw the fucking chair, uh, ultimately should have been, it's it's funny that he did it in the name of Greg Odin. No, I know for sure. I know. And I don't even know who they drafted that year, but I'm sure he was better than Greg Odin probably. (laughs) Um, but yeah, uh, you know. Um, bathroom selfie notwithstanding but um <laughs> yeah so i don't know i you know i this would be this draft lottery would would yes it would it would go to fight some sort of like tanking uh sure concept and so like mm-hmm. if that's the case sure but it's also one of those things where like you would hope that maybe they could fix it in some other way than having to result resort to a lottery right um, because i don't it, it is kind of if you're one of those if you're like the worst team and like it doesn't fall you end up with like the third pick that kind of sucks um mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know and and that's always you know when, when you're a bad team so first of all i think the cubs are kind of interesting this year where are the cubs gonna pick this year jeremy i think they have like the seventh pick or something yeah yeah and it, it's it's interesting because they traded all those guys away and they actually ended up being kind of good yeah. in August and September. Um, but when, when you're a losing team, though, one of the things you can at least, like, take consolation in is the fact that you're going to have, like, the number one pick or the number two pick, and you're yeah. like, okay, well, maybe we can get a good guy. Um, but, you know, that I guess that wouldn't happen anymore. Right, yeah. That's In, in that sense, I, I kind of don't like it, but I understand why they would suggest it. And I, I think mm-hmm. my, my thing would be, like, I would hope that they would find another way to do it. But... Um, but yeah, I don't know. Sure. Um, one thing we, uh, I think we, uh, we can go back to this, but, yeah. uh, so, uh, uh, the luxury tax, oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think, yeah. So, um, that was another, uh, another point of, of contention here. Um, I, I think that the, uh, the, the owners, I, I've always been kind of unclear on the luxury tax, but correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's, if you spend over, uh, a certain amount of money, I think maybe it's like $210 million, you, uh, you get, you get penalized for that is that right yeah and then you mm-hmm. and it, it it's really punitive because like you get like penalized for it and then you get like you get penalized every it's for every like um for either like how much you're, how much you're over it or for how much longer you're over it like you get penalized like a percentage like it's it seems pretty crippling like yeah. Um, for some teams. And obviously that's why so many teams are trying to get under the salary cap, but mm-hmm. the, the luxury tax, whatever. But, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean this one it's, yeah. So basically like there, if I remember like what I read about this one, like, you know, obviously it's in there to kind of keep, um, to, to not let like big market teams run away with, with like, 
the league because they can outspend other teams, but they're it's more of a concern. They're more concerned with like how the small market teams maybe are not spending enough. Mm-hmm. I think is kind of like one of the issues here with this whole luxury tax. Um, sure, and and that that's a, that's a union concern. You yeah, know, that mean that means less money for the players if these small market teams aren't spending. Yeah, um, yeah. I I think it was a this was actually. Um, Although I, I will admit that this is one of the most uh, muddled parts of the article. There's also a, a fascinating part of the article, too. Um, I think it's the most two, the two most fascinating paragraphs. But the other um, leagues? Uh, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the parody when, yeah. It, when, it, when it talks about MLB as opposed to other leagues. Um, so it, it says if, if you go back uh, uh, 21 years in the MLB, 15 different teams have won a World Series in 21 years. Um, and, and then I'll read this next paragraph verbatim. Uh, it says the almighty NFL, which has payroll disparity, which has less payroll disparity, uh, before the uh, Bengals upset of the chiefs on Sunday, four quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, and Patrick Mahomes. Notice how they didn't say Aaron Rodgers, but those four guys, <laughs> yeah. uh, had led the AFC. Okay. Well, the AFC. Okay. never mind. I, I was just, I was just hoping for a cheap dig there. Anyway, <laughs> had led, had led the AFC entrant in 18 of the past 20 Super Bowls, 18 of 20 Super Bowls with those four quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, and Brady also led an NFC team in a Super Bowl. Then it, then it says the NBA, uh, which also has a salary cap, five teams, the Lakers, Warriors, Cavaliers, Heat and Spurs have won 18 of the last 23 titles. Yeah. So really, when you think about it, um, and it's you know it's not that that hard to even realize. Like the NFL, the Rams were just in a Super Bowl two two years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs fucking almost made it. Brady is in it every year, uh, and it seems like it's either the Heat or the Warriors or somebody. Uh, you know, in in a in the NBA championship every year. There's no parity in those leagues. But really, there, there's a different team in the World Series every single year. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that, I, I also was, um, <clears throat> you know, kind of astounded by that, that, that stat or that, that figure. Um, yeah, I mean, so that I guess that argument, like, that's an argument against the salary cap, I guess. Like, um, or that it doesn't really, maybe not an argument against it, but it just shows, like, that it's not a complete fix-all. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's tricky. I mean, I think like I don't really know what to say because like I mean like look, luckily I mean I don't know I mean like what like I don't know Have you thought about that, Jack? For being a Brewers fan, like who is more like certainly a smaller market than Chicago? Like I I feel like. I've never really felt that way, although the Cubs are being managed like a, sh- a small market. So maybe <laughs> I am qualified to comment on this. Um, well, yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, that, that, that's a great question. Um, and I, I think really it's it's all about the owner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all about the owner of your team. Milwaukee's a small market team, but when the Sea Leagues owned the Brewers, it was just completely fucked. Uh, there was yeah. no way the Brewers were ever going to win because they were fucking cheap. The Seed Leagues didn't want to spend any money on the team. Uh, Bud became commissioner of baseball, and then he gave the team to his daughter, Wendy. Um, and they, they were run just like a family-owned business. They were run like the Rockies are being run now. Um, where, you know, uh, Wendy C- I've said this on the podcast before, but Wendy Seed like didn't want to fire Sal Bando as the GM because he was like her uncle. 
Um, and that's just, that's horrible. A team should never be run that way, a professional sports team. But then they sold the team to Mark Adonazio. Um, and even though he's not, you know, gonna, he, he's not the Yankees or the Dodgers or even the Red Sox, um, he'll still increase the payroll to 150 million if he has to. I don't think it's ever been that high, but I think he would go that high. He's willing to spend money, and he wants to win, and he won't meddle. Uh, whereas if you if you got a team like Pittsburgh, um, you know Bob Nutting, uh, the the unfortunately named Bob Nutting, uh, <laughs> you know he he doesn't want to spend any money. He's never going to go over sixty million for his payroll. So um, I, I think you can win. You can win with a hundred and ten, hundred and twenty million dollar payroll, but sure. you have to have an owner who who wants to go at least that high. I mean, even look at the Cubs this year. Their payroll. I, Okay, their payroll was shit, but I mean, you know, yeah, you can you can win with a hundred million dollar payroll, but you you can't win with a sixty million dollar one. Yeah, well, you know, they yeah, I think like in that in this article about the or in this like section about the uh, salary cap, they talk about um, you know the Rays <clears throat> making the World Series, uh, you know, two of the years. Um, you know, it's always that thing where like. It seems like like the thing with like the Oakland A's, how like they would they're obviously like a very like small market team or like run like it. Um and they always like do well in the regular season, but then would always crap out in the playoffs. And I think the the thought process there is that they grind they have to grind more to make it to that point than like a team like the Yankees or something mm-hmm. who might be able to just swoop in and get someone like at the deadline. Um, you know, to kind of push them over the hump or whatever. But so I mean, yeah, it's weird like I do think like small market teams can do better in baseball, especially like if they're run. I, I also think like the way they're run, like if they have drafted well, you know, and developed players well, like that helps. Like I feel sure. like that that doesn't really happen in like football or or, or basketball. Like there's mm-hmm. no like farm systems really where yeah. players are groomed for multiple years and then or drafted like you know you draft in a smart way where you spend less, but you get the talent out of these guys so like i think that helps but i don't know if that necessarily helps win championships maybe it helps you get to playoffs maybe more mm-hmm. than win championships i don't know so i don't know but i still don't know if that solves the the problem like um because yeah like i guess you know so what they talked about i it, i don't think they really talk about it in this but we i think we even talked about it like a spending a spending um minimum right mm-hmm. like a minimum cap or something mm-hmm. um, sure that they don't really talk about that in this article right that's not really something that's no being, that, that being that's discussed. not discussed but uh has there been like a minimum cap thrown out no, i don't think i don't think there's been any sort of like formal numbers or anything like that but i think that that's a belief that there maybe that's what they need you know instead yeah. of like a spending cap like a yeah, spending minimum. yeah I, I i agree man um that way you can avoid teams like the marlins or the uh the pirates who don't want to spend anything i mean i mean the pirates trade jacob stallings away and that's a <laughs> that's a news that's a news story for them <laughs> right. um yeah that that's not right man um yeah. so yeah I- I- interesting all right so we got uh we got luxury tax we got draft lottery uh, now, now let's go to a, a hot button one, real hot button one, service time manipulation. Yeah. Um, and this is one that has directly affected the Cubs uh, very and very loudly, too. Yeah. Um, so uh, basically, I yeah, this one is 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 tricky because I, I don't really know exactly like what. Um, so what is basically being proposed here? Let's recap that really quick. Mm-hmm. So basically... Mm-hmm. 
there's some sort of bonus for like promoting guys earlier or something, right? Like, is that yeah? And, and so I, I think they're saying that if you promote a guy early, but in his first three years he finishes like top, he finishes top five in MVP voting, top five in Cy Young voting, is... or top three in Rookie of the Year voting. Yeah. Um, he will he will get some sort of a salary increase if he if he does one of those three things. If you promote like a real stud prospect early. And they're also talking about war here too, uh, like mm-hmm. um, pro- taking war into consideration for other players, um, like for non. Uh, if you if you take the, any sort of if they don't qualify for awards, then like if they uh, place in the top ten at their position in like um, uh, I forget what the B war and the F war stand for, but um, mm. you know that would that would put them into like. Um, a qualifying pool to to get like some sort of extra bonus. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but but the, it seems like the the owners uh, and maybe in in lieu of that or just uh, you know and in, maybe instead of a, uh, a maybe less of a bonus or, or they would like less of a bonus, but they want to compensate teams with a draft pick instead of a bonus. Um, mm-hmm. But but teams don't believe that that would actually in players don't believe that a draft pick would incentivize teams to uh to call players up because that that would mean that you know the, the draft pick wouldn't be any higher than 31 mm-hmm. so that wouldn't really matter so um but 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 hey you know uh i i agree that a guy who finishes top three in rookie of the year voting should receive a bonus um, yeah. for his play i don't think that's out of the question yeah, it kind of goes back to the the whole like uh, arbitration thing, uh, too, a little bit because, I mean, I it's it's tricky because yes, I believe I do believe in like a performance based uh, compensation model, you know, um, mm-hmm. but like, you know, I think like this is one where I maybe am almost, this is maybe the one where I would maybe kind of side with the management a little bit or like the the owners a little bit because like. I do think the draft picks are valuable, but like if you're if you're in the players' union, that doesn't do anything for them. That just sure. like that's that's like not getting their guys paid is to give an extra draft pick. So I, I guess this is one where I can see like the 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 union, you know, wanting monetary um, compensation and not just like an extra pick because it's not it's not helping the current players. So I can maybe. I can maybe see the value for the for the owners in this one, but I I still believe in like some sort of like yeah some sort of like uh, performance based uh, bonus or whatever. Mm-hmm. So well that so I think those are the those are the true issues for this for this uh, for this lockout. Um, yeah, Jeremy, it 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 uh, you know we we talked about it and we got onto Greg Oden mirror selfies so i don't think we did too bad right no i mean that's pretty that seems pretty expansive i would say no one yeah, else is talking yeah. about that but uh, here's the thing though um you know spring training is supposed to start about a week and a half from now mm-hmm. uh, two weeks i think it was supposed to start on february 16th i think pitchers and catchers are going to report so uh they, they do say that in 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 labor negotiations uh, it the, it's always darkest before the dawn. Mm-hmm. So uh, they have the MLB has called in a federal mediator. Um, uh, I, I, somebody hopefully it's not Shyam Das. No, he he was the independent arbitrator who got who got fired for ruling in favor of Ryan Braun. Um, <laughs> 
but uh, but yeah, it it, it seems like maybe uh, the, the players' union is not happy with that. I think they just uh, they view it as posturing by the owners uh, that this federal mediator was brought in. So uh, I I hope they don't have a strike, man. I, I hope I want them to play one sixty two. No, I mean it's 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 disheartening to think that that's even on the table, considering that we just lost almost all like two thirds of a season, just you know, just yeah. a year ago, essentially. I mean, we 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 basically lost the season. That season was horseshit. So yeah. we basically we lost the season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and that's the only season that the Dodgers managed to win the World Series. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. But um, but yeah, like so, uh, yeah, it's it's in, it's kind of unthinkable that we would even be going there. So um, I would hope that um, something happens. Um, it seems like the 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 owners want the mediator. I think they're the ones. They said mm-hmm. like, yeah, yep. they will not counter. They're asking for federal mediation. Um, I mean, yeah, I yeah, that's fine. Um, I yeah I depending on who they bring in right um but uh, right but yeah like I it seemed to me like spring training was very likely to not start on time so mm-hmm. I I think maybe like they're kind of like in a they haven't really lost much yet um, no I think like even if spring training starts even like two weeks late I. I feel like maybe they would still start the season on time. Yeah, um, I, I think they said like March first is the date they really want to shoot for. Okay. Um, I think if they if they could get a, a month of it, um, they'd do it. Uh, yeah, I mean, you think about NFL preseason games, man. I mean, when when is right. when is the last time Aaron Rodgers played in a preseason game? Yeah. He's been fi- he's been fine, right? Like, I, I I mean, sure, the the hitters need to get their timing down. And the pitchers have to, you know, get their arms uh, ready for the season, whatever. But I think you can. I think you can do that in a month, and not a month and a half. I would. I would say if you took a poll of major leaguers, a lot of them probably think spring training is too long. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, they're playing like every day. Like once yeah. March starts, like they're pretty much playing every day. So I think they could cut into that. Um, so and, and yeah, I would assume. I mean. And again, these guys also train all year round. Um, that's why right, that's right. a whole argument for like why spring training doesn't need to be as long as it is. Like, in no, the past, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Not anymore, right? It's not like yeah. Christian Yelich is going and, and working in the metal shop right. in the fucking off season, you or, know, which was like, probably true. Yeah, true in the fifties. Or camped out at the end of a bar, like in Milwaukee, like uh, some corner <laughs> bar, like getting a beer gut in the off season. He's like, oh, right? Oh man, I gotta work. I gotta work some of this off. Um, <laughs> no, uh, instead he's you know, still keeping, he's reviving a two year old Twitter beef with you Darvish for some reason, <laughs> but uh, it's a whole nother story. But, um, but yeah, uh, uh, so Did he do that. Well, he, it wasn't, he kind of like, uh, uh, tipped his cap to you Darvish. Uh, cause I had kind of forgotten about all of that. Um, but mm-hmm. someone, I think like John boy tweeted like a picture of you Darvish's like, um, slider, like the movement, his like lateral movement on a slider. And then Yelich retweeted it and said, like, you know, I have to say one thing about this. Maybe we do all need help facing this guy. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. like, I can't believe I forgot that that's what he said um, back when he said it. He's like, yeah, it was, he said, be better. You have to be better than this. No one needs help facing you. <laughs> right. Well, that, that's that's a very humble comment coming from a guy who, you know, took a third strike looking to that, like just end his team's season. So and who know. went from like 
hitting over 300 to hitting like 250, I think, in, in over yeah. the last two years or something. So. But yeah, and he, I think he hit 240 this year. And who went from hitting like 40 home runs to hitting nine home runs. Yeah. So uh, let's hope he bounces back. Uh, He's in a good position maybe he, maybe to he... walk back those comments, I would say. <laughs> um, but uh, as we were saying, Jeremy, uh, yeah, it... I think they're going to get a deal done by March first, um, and if they yeah. do, I think the season. I think the season can still start on time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know, Jack, if you have any thoughts about this. Like, you know, they. I think the knock on all of this is like, you know, they call it. They throw around the word greed, and they say everyone's greedy, and they say it's like billionaires fighting with millionaires over money. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what if you have any thoughts about these sorts of things. I've been trying to, like, I feel like I had, like, a, a really good stance on it and then I kind of, like, forgot, to, like, like like my, my sticking points. But, you know, it's one of these things where, like, the owners can own the team however long they want and can continue to make money for as long as they want to own the team. And then when they want to sell the team, they sell for a huge windfall. And, like, you know, again, it's, it's beyond generational wealth. For, mm-hmm. for players, um, they are making millions of dollars, yes. Um, but obviously their careers are finite. Like, they, they have a window where they can make that money. And, you know, there's some players who can go on and be announcers. Uh, Gordon Beckham can do it and still be un, un, <laughs> unretired. So, you know, that proves the point. Yeah. Some guys can go on and, and continue to have careers, well-paying careers, after their career their playing days are over. They can be coaches like Nicky Delmonico, you know. So, <laughs> that, I, honestly, that's got to be the best. Like the owners have got to be, hey, look, Nicky Delmonico still making money. <laughs> like, like just you know, don't worry about these uh, these uh, you know these bargaining chips. Anyway, um, but players have a finite uh, time to make their money. And not all players are have the ability to do that to to go on to be coaches and announcers, you know. Like, um, uh, I don't know if Sergio Alcantara is gonna be like a, a color guy mm-hmm. for the Cubs, you know, in twenty thirty five or something. So, sure. like, you know, I think a lot of these. I think the the mindset is still like these guys are trying to make their money while that while they can. So, in that sense, I think like. You can't just like say like, oh, these guys are overpaid. They're worth millions of dollars. First of all, they're the ones who are actually out there playing the games. Um, the owners aren't doing shit. They're just sitting in a fucking box like some kind of free, like like you know some kind of like Roman uh, like uh, emperors or something like watching these mm-hmm. guys play for them. Um, but like, but yeah, it's just like they they have a finite amount of time to make this money, so they ha- they want to make it, and they're also trying to make generational wealth for their families or whatever. The owners, I feel like just are, you know, can keep the tills running, like, as long as they want, essentially. Like, I don't know how you feel about all that stuff, Jack. Yeah, um, uh, you know, I, uh, I I think I feel the same way that you do, Jeremy. Um, and I, uh, I I think there's a lot of things, too, like, uh, you, know, you know, I think that just the entire draft process, uh, you know, we had Mark Gentile on our podcast mm-hmm. about a year ago today, um, you know, just the, the plight of the minor leaguer. You know, yeah. um, you get you get these guys uh, just the, the way it works now is that these guys are drafted and they're given a signing bonus and they're just expected to, uh, you know, to make that signing bonus work uh, until they make the major leagues, until they get paid. Right. Right. Um, I mean, so. So, hey, you know, maybe the Cubs signed when when, you know, Chris Bryant was drafted second overall uh, in 2013. Yeah, sure. Maybe they signed him for four million dollars. But, uh, 
uh, maybe that's a bad example. I was going to say, well, then well, he has to make that work. But like, uh, but yeah, um, you know, my brother's friend Alex McRae was drafted in the uh, the tenth round by the Pirates, um, you know, in 2014 or whatever it was, and I think they paid him a hundred fifty thousand dollars signing bonus, you know, and and he has to make that work, and it took him four or five years to make the majors, which if you you divide a hundred and fifty thousand by five, I think you get thirty thousand dollars a year, you mm-hmm. know, and that's pretty that's actually pretty good, and that's a tenth round draft pick, you know, right. so. So these guys, these young players, are essentially treated like meat, you know. I mean, I think there's a reason that, you know, people drop meat on people, you know, to quote, <laughs> yeah. uh, to quote well, who's that Mike. outfielder? The caveman, Jake Cave, right? Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, you <laughs> there you go. Or, or, <laughs> yeah, or, uh, or, or who is it, Bleacher Jeff? I think Bleacher Jeff was the one, right? I think who he said called meat? him meat, yeah. And yeah. That, Mike Kruko also is famous for calling guys meat, too. Take a okay. seat meat, or like hit the bench, meat. But yeah. but yeah, there you go, man. I mean, you know, these young guys are meat, but, uh, you know, like you said earlier, Jeremy, and I think like I alluded to, too, uh, you know, uh, uh, these guys come up now and they're young and they're 20, 21 years old and they're, they're stars. You know, guys like Wander Franco, sure, he signed away his free agency and, he, you know, he's making a, a shit ton of money now and there's been a few others who've done that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, these young players are, are treated bad and... Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where I was going with that. But well, uh, there's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of players that that that. I mean, the, the high round draft picks get huge signing bonuses, right? Yes. Like so, like uh, I'm just I'm I have the draft tracker pulled up here. Like Spencer Torkelson got um, an eight point four two million dollar signing bonus. He was the number mm. one draft pick. But obviously, there's a lot of rounds of the of the draft, and as you go further down, yeah, these guys like don't get huge signing bonuses, if any at all, and like. It, it's it's there to like help them yeah pay for like their their living uh f- through the years that they they kind of like make their way through the minors but mm-hmm. a lot of guys don't make that much so they they struggle i understand like a lot of these guys i think the sad part is is that a lot of these guys like have to come from money in order to even get to the point where they're on the showcases to get noticed sure. to get drafted and that costs a lot of money and like so they come from like wealthy families to begin with, so they're probably not hurting for money. But then you take guys from like other countries who come here, maybe not, maybe not have, are coming from as much money. I, I honestly don't know. I, I'd be interested to know more about like how players come up through the like the Dominican like these days. I don't know if it's, mm-hmm. I don't know if there is like this kind of like higher class of kids who go to showcases or something in the Dominican. I wouldn't say that it's that the answer is absolutely no, but. I think there's still this image of the guys playing with like a milk crate as a, as a glove and all this stuff, whatever. Sure. But, um, but yeah, so like there's all that. Um, and like, obviously there are exceptions to all this too. I mean, there are guys who get paid a lot of money and then, you know, don't try as hard or or not as invested or do horrible things with their, with their wealth. So it's, it's not a clear, uh, cut sort of thing. Um, but I think like, I think it's important to keep in mind that like players have like a window in which they Mm -hmm. can like earn their money and owners, you know, don't necessarily. So, yeah, no, uh, uh, definitely Jeremy. Um, I mean, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm 35 now. Um, you know, I, I am just at the age I'm Wade Davis's age, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm starting to feel like I would suck at sports. 
Yeah, uh, we would I both felt, be washed I've, up for sure. We, we would be. We would be. Um, it, it, yeah, I mean, Jeremy, you're at the age. It'd be amazing if you were still playing. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm at the age where I'm still like old as shit. You could ring out like, one last bad contract from a, from a foolish GM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny. Um, yeah, but, uh, but you know, as two guys who've now been through it, uh, you know, yeah, you, your body just doesn't feel the same. Um, and, and, you know, you're right. Uh, so I, I think, you know, ultimately, two, two baseball nerds, it's not surprising that we would side with uh, the players uh, in this, um, ultimately, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I think a lot of the, the, you know, just regular baseball fans would say, well, why don't they just play? And uh, I, I, I kind of agree with that, too. You know, I, I mean, I think if yeah. I was if I was doing these negotiations, I'd say, you know what? Like, let's just meet in the middle. OK, you know, you want to do 10 million dollars and you want to do one hundred and five. Why don't we do 70 million and keep everybody happy? Because what's the fucking difference if you're a billionaire? Right. Yeah. And you continue to print money and f- keep right. finding new ways to, to print money. Like, I think we didn't even really talk about this, but one of the things that the owners want, I forgot even like under what category it falls under, but you know, they want to like put advertisements on the players and it's like, I, I thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. So the, the last two, the last two notes I took were from the last paragraph of that article. Um, was that, uh, yeah, they, they, they wanted, they wanted, uh, advertisements on the jerseys and the NBA is already doing that. Mm-hmm. And it looks, it looks tacky as shit. Sure. Yeah. So I, I don't want to see that on a baseball jersey, man. The, the 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 Nike the Nike logo is already enough. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, yeah, for the for the sanctity of like the image of the game, and also for the 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 some at least some chance to avoid like commoditizing a human being and making them a walking billboard. It's like yeah, you know, like you know, fifty thousand dollar bonus for anyone who gets like uh under armor tattooed on their cheek or something it's like sure you know it's like can we not can we not like slap an ad on like do you remember like back in the day like when like not back in the day but like there was this movement like um where boxers were wearing like ads on their bodies for a little bit like oh really yeah like they i i want to say it was like for like a betting website or something they would Mm -hmm. like have this like temporary tattoo on their back or they like or they superimposed it through like the broadcast. I can't remember, but it's like that kind of went away, and it's like, yeah, that's good. Like, it's like they're already treated like literal pieces of meat. It's like now we're branding them like like cows or something. But anyway, yes, I it would be nice if they kind of would not go there. Um, but you know, yeah. they'll always find new ways to like get revenue. So uh, you know, and and with technology changing, there's all kinds of new things that are going to be happening. There's going to be probably more interactive stuff. There's betting is a whole other thing that they keep talking about. Like there's going to be a sports book outside of Wrigley Field. Like I'm, next year, maybe I don't even know. Like mm-hmm. that they're building that. They took away those statues to build like uh, the you know DraftKings like bet center or something. So like. There's going to continue to be like money like for the owners so like it's like they're they're going to they're going to be fine um even giving it to the players a little bit and you know players are trying to do something for future generations so I don't know yeah it's 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 like you don't want to have to always be in the situation where you're acquiescing to the owners but like it's 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 really tough because as fans are the ones who are you know like the victims of all this because they get denied baseball. And I think we all just want baseball. So, 
Right, yeah. The 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 owners are like, hey, fifty thousand dollars for anyone who wants an Under Armour tattoo. Matt Latos is like, I'll do it. <laughs> Matt Latos um, is like, yeah. Um, he then he starts like visioning like a boat in his head, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna spend, you know, buy a boat, buy this, buy that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then throw at some guy's head. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, Jeremy, I think we did pretty good on this one. Do you think so too? Yeah, I think so. Hopefully, we we kind of like. Uh, kind of put these things into different lights and uh, hopefully um by the time we have our next episode um there will be some progress on all of this um yeah yeah most definitely i don't know what our next episode is going to be but i'm going to tease it right now because we're going to do it but uh at the end of february i believe that is february 26th it is a saturday we are going to finally do the often talked about uh <laughs> it, it, maybe not on this podcast or maybe we have but we're it, it, we're going to we're going to see the uh university of illinois chicago the uic Flames. versus uh uw milwaukee basketball game in chicago uh, at whatever the fuck, what's the arena called? Well, it used to be called the UIC Pavilion, but I think it's called something else now. I don't even know what okay. it's called. But okay, but okay. my alma alma mater versus Jack's alma mater. Right, right. It's gonna get heated. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this: the UWM they have. Uh, I think it's Patrick Baldwin Jr. I believe his name is. He's the coach's kid. Uh, he's 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 gonna be a lottery pick, folks. Uh, and he plays for UWM. Uh, speaking of that draft lottery for the NBA, uh, you know, for the NBA. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that more later. But we're, we're going to do that. That'll be fun. We should get really we should get really into the game. Do you have any UIC swag, Jeremy? Oh, God. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't have any UWM swag. We have okay. so much school. We have so much school pride. Yes, it's so exactly. Good, right. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll have to get some before the game. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure they sell UIC stuff there. I actually, I like the UIC colors and the UIC mm-hmm. logo, if I, if I could be perfectly honest, but yeah. 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 We'll, um, we'll see. Um, yeah, this isn't going to be a situation where we convert Jack. This is going to be, you know, loyalties <laughs> run deep, uh, right. on this one. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so it'll, it should be interesting. Um, but yeah, we'll do that. I think we'll probably have one more episode. We will. In between, we'll have an, we'll have an episode before that for sure. Yeah. And if it's the one that we talked about that we almost did this week, uh, if not for a snowstorm. Oh, it's, it's going to be good when we, we have plenty of time to plan it out and I think you'll like it. And I think I'm going to get uh, Jeremy. I think personally, I'm going to get a lot of compliments on it, but I'm just, I'm just, you know, <laughs> saying, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Okay, well, we'll end it there. We'll, we'll end it with that teaser, and we really should do that. Okay, uh, so we're at uh, almost 125. So uh, for Rain Delay Theater, I am Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. We'll see you next time. Later. Later.